The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're just talking about cocaine. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. Those laws in Miami offshore, I got to tell you, I know where Joe Ranieri's going uh, starting tomorrow. He'll be three miles out with a bottle of scotch, singing Jimmy Buffett songs and playing roulette. All right, here we go. Uh, second hour on a Patriot Friday of Ghost to Ghost. I'm Pharrell with Mafia and uh, the great Joe Ranieri. Uh, I don't even, am I allowed to say this, that uh, this is Joe's last hour with us? I'm going to kill myself without Joe, honestly. Who screwed that up? Uh, fumble. Leon Lett. Oh, God. Honest to Christ. Can you say that on the radio and TV? Uh, Reds, 3 nothing on the Bucks. Top of the third. They got runners on first and second, two outs. Jays, 3-2 on the Red Sox. Game one of the double dip at Femway. Runners on the corners. Nobody out. Uh, the Braves lead top three over the Nats. one nothing. Game one of that doubleheader. Game two, Twins, Tigers, scoreless. Bottom one. Game one, Twins won it. 2 nothing, and then everything else is later. Let's take a look at the games the rest of the day and night in baseball. There's 15 more to deal with, and I'll tell you what I like in those games. Marlins Rays, I went Rays. It was my number seven play. I probably would have taken them higher, but I forgot to put it in the mix. When I did 20, I gave Mafia 19 buys, and he called me later and said, you forgot the Rays game. I'm like, flip one of the Reds games with it. So I probably would have rated the Rays higher over the Marlins. I'm going to go uh, in that Phillies game. I'm going Phillies. It's my number nine play. Brewers, Indians. I'm going Cleveland as my number four play. White Sox over the Royals, my number six play. And then Cards, Cubs. I'm going Cubs there as my number two play at Wrigley. All right, let's look at the next batch. I'm just giving you winners left and right on ForellonEvents.com. Rangers, Mariners in Seattle in the Northwest. I'm going to go Seattle there, but make it my number 17 play. Astros, Angels, please. Astros, number five play. Padres, A's. I'm taking the A's there as my top pick of the night. Even though I love the Padres. You know I love you, San Diego. Near to you, won't know, you won't know. Uh, Rockies, Dodgers. I'm going Dodgers, my number three play. 
D-backs, Giants, I'm going San Francisco as my number 13 play. All right, I know we got the rest of those double-dip games. Nationals, Braves, game two. I'm taking the Braves in a sweep. First game, Yankees. Second game, Yankees over the Orioles. The only reason I would take the Yankees against anyone right now is because the Orioles are their B. I mean, it's like a pimp uh, having his action under wraps. He's got it all going when they play the Orioles. The Yankees have beaten them for years senseless, even at Camden. Red Sox, Jays in that game two. I'm going Red Sox in game two. That'll be their one win every three weeks. Second game, Tigers over the Twins. Plus 205, I like Detroit. Second game, Red sweep the Pirates at PNC. Minus a buck 36. Nothing but locks. Everybody's losing weight. Pharrellonavents.com. Everybody's doing it. They just won't admit it. Hide the money from your wife. Remember, hide the money from your wife. All right, Mafia, where do we go from here, Romeo? We're going to go back to the ice. You know, you just talked about the Game 7 we have tonight. We've talked about this Game 7 we have going on right now with Rotter up 2-1 against Dallas in that series. And uh, 3-3 in that series, 2-1 in the game. And we get one more tomorrow because last night, Philadelphia wins their third overtime game in the series against the Islanders. Double OT, they win 5-4 to force a game 7 after being down 3-1. And while the Islanders aren't happy about it, Barzal says they have to put it behind him because they got another game to play. Frustration level is honestly about 30 seconds, and then that's about it. There's nothing we can do. Uh, Game six is over now, and we're we've moved on. I mean, it's uh, it's an unfortunate play there at the end, but it happens, and now it's a winner take all game seven. So, um, you know, we've turned the page in the last ten minutes or whatever it was. Had a had a nice uh, you know team talk after the game quickly, and we move on. Yeah, I don't believe that for a minute, uh, that it's all it was gone in 30 seconds. They've been over the last two games and lost all three games in overtime, double overtime in game six. The Flyers are in their heads for sure. I mean, that's automatic. They can't beat them in overtime. So if game seven goes to overtime, I mean, run for the in-game bet on the Flyers. They've scored every overtime goal. So uh, I'm very worried about the Islanders. They had them 3-1 right where they wanted them, and they've let them back into it. Same thing as this Dallas uh colorado series they let him back into it who's winning game seven right now colorado i won't be surprised at all now if the flyers beat the islanders i have been on the islanders from the jump with carver hyde that's his team i still think it's tampa and the islanders in the eastern conference final but i would not bet any kind of large amounts of money on the islanders we welcome in radio obviously uh, sportsgridradio.com sports grid radio app get it for free you'll love it our youtube page search sports grid radio you can watch us do the show Pharrell and Avenger, Sports Rage, Bagels and Bad Beats, Sports Grid Radio, Kicking Ass and Taking Names. We're also on Mightier 1090 in San Diego and all of Southern California. And when I do the show at night for Ellen Avenger, you can hear me in heaven and hell and in the Canadian Rockies. They're smoking fatties, linking uh, up with Uncle Futrelli every night on the bench and waxing it up. Sports Grid Radio taking over the world. And I got to tell you, it was kind of easy doing it. All right, where are we going here, Mafia, to the other game? Yeah, what do you think of tonight's game? Lindblom, of course, is a nice story for the Flyers there, but what do you think of tonight's game? Well, SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. All right, uh, back on uh, Coast to Coast. The Stars just tied up the abs at twos in the second period of Game 7 that they started at lunchtime in the West Coast. I have no idea. I still can't explain that, why that game is going on right now. I would have played that game later, but we've already been down that road. Uh, John DeSilva is our uh, horse insider on the bench and on Coast to Coast. For years, he's been on my show, the legendary uh, horseman from the New York Post back in the day. Now he's in Philadelphia, and now he's on C to C on a pain-free Friday getting ready for the uh, Kentucky Derby. First of all, John, good to see you, my friend. I have to say... Uh, this whole thing with the Derby being tomorrow is depressing to me because I think it's lost its luster completely. I, I got to tell you, there isn't a person on the face of the earth that even knows it's happening. I've, I've been talking about it Wednesday, Thursday, and today. I'm glad you're on, but I, I feel really bad for the sport because I think it lost its season uh, the way the COVID has turned it upside down and that this is when they're having the Kentucky Derby. It's terrible. It's a shame. I mean, I wish it was the first Saturday in May, but unfortunately with COVID, there was no racing going on at the time. They moved it up as far as they could, hoping they can get fans. It didn't work out. The Preakness, same thing. It didn't work out. There's going to be no fans there as well. But no matter what happens, at least we have horse racing and we have a horse that is a superstar right now who could win an asterisk triple crown, who could be one of the best horses we've seen in many, many years. So you believe in Tis the Law that much that you think uh, he's going to roll to this? Uh, are you buying Tis the Law to win this race tomorrow? I was a skeptic at the beginning of the year. But each race he runs, he gets better and better. I mean, you got 82-year-old Barkley Tag. I mean, he's like the grandfather that you want. He goes out there. He knows everything. He's tough. He still gets on his horses in the morning to walk the racetrack while his horses are working out. I mean, this guy is hands-on, and he's done everything right with this horse. You have an owner in Jack Knowlton who had funny side, who everybody loves. Everybody wishes their owners were like Jack Knowlton. He's a great people, man. Every one of his owners, they're family to him, and they all work together. You, you have to root for these people, and this horse has done everything asked of him. I mean, right now, there's nobody that could touch him right now. So, uh, you know, the, you can't make any money betting the horse. You can't bet money, make money to win. But that's why you have exotics. Exactors, triples, superfectors. You can make money that way. 
All right. So uh, I have to ask you, I thought that the outside, uh, you know, obviously are the best horses, authentic tis and uh, honor AP the you know, 16, 17, 18 on the far outside. Talk to me about these two other horses, their trainers, their jocks, who's on them and how much of a disadvantage, if any, uh, is it that they're all on the outside, these three great horses, two and tis. Okay, let's go from 16 through 18. Honor AP is John Sheriffs, best known as trainer of Zenyatta, and my arch nemesis, Giacomo, who won the 2005 Kentucky Derby at 50 to 1. But I did come on your show in 2006. It's a super fact with you, telling the whole world, key him for fourth, and he did. So at least he made it up for me that way. Mike Smith wrote him that day. Mike Smith is on him here. John Sheriffs is a trainer. He's very patient. He lost last time out. Not a problem. But John Sheriff, he wants you to peak on a certain date. That's what he's done with Honor AP. This horse is very dangerous. Tizzle, we've talked about him, how great he is. Authentic is a horse who everybody loves. He's trained by Bob Baffert. He has speed. The question I have, does he want to go the distance? In the half school, he always got caught. He was getting tired at the end. Now they have to go a mile and a quarter. I'm not so sure if this horse is going to be able to last at the end and finish in the money. Uh, John DeSilva with us, uh, my dear friend. Hey, John, what is Bob Baffert's reputation in terms of the beating it's been taking over the last uh, year and a half? Uh, it's not good right now because right now he's fighting two horses who might be getting disqualified from Oakland Park, you know, for he had Justify, who they said should have been the Kentucky Derby after winning uh, San Diego Derby, and then he failed a drug test, supposedly. I mean, his reputation, fortunately, not too good. And some people saying what he got caught for was not a big deal, would not have helped him, and whatever. But with what's going on horse racing right now, it's a shame that this is even being brought up. But you have to deal with it, and they want the sport to get cleaned up. I mean, you got people like Navarro, who's under federal indictment. You have Jason Service, who's under federal indictment. You have others who are federal indicted. Nothing like that with Bob Baffert, but whenever you bring any type of failed drug test, they're going to assume it's that bad, even if it isn't. John, there's a lot of long shots in this field. Any of them juicy at all for those exotics that you're rolling with? No doubt about it. I mean, there's a couple long shots I really do like. Uh, one extreme long shot I'm going to be using is number 14, Winning Impression. Most people think he has no shot. He can't finish in the money. I think if there's a pace meltdown, he's going to be finishing well for Dallas Stewart, who has finished in the money Kentucky Derby multiple times with long shots. He's got Joe Rocco Jr. riding. And we don't care about him winning. I'm not looking for him to win. But if he could run third or fourth at a 51 morning line and probably higher post time, I'll take it. I'm also looking at number two, Max Player. This is a horse who ran third in the Belmont Stakes behind Law. He's not being trained by Steve Asmussen. I was a little worried about that move at first, but from talking to people and seeing him work out, the horse is responding well. I know Linda Rice, the former trainer, was always high in this horse. And this is the type of horse, again, probably won't win, but has the talent to finish in the money. And with the number one horse, Finnick the Fierce Scratching, 
This horse now has an empty stall next to him on the rail. He's now going to get bumped by a horse to his left, and he's going to have plenty of room to get duck in, get a nice rail-saving trip, and maybe get up to finish third or fourth. All right, so let's uh, go uh, and get your uh, picks, and then you can text me later all that so I can go uh, feed my gambling habit uh, in the morning. <laughs> so uh, who do you like, win, place, and show, and give me uh, an exacta box and, and your uh, trifecta and, and super. What do you got? Okay, well, like I said, Tis Law is the horse to beat. I mean, it's going to be very tough to beat them. But as you know, this is horse racing. Sometimes a weird thing does happen. So if I'm going to pick one other horse that could beat them, I'm going to go honor AP. So I'm yeah, going to too. go Tis Law honor AP to win, place, and show. I'm going to do an exact box of honor AP and Tis the Law. I think they're going to be one, two, probably Tis Law first, but just in case, I'll put a save with honor AP. Now, I'm going to do a couple of strange things, but it could make you some money. We have a 16-horse field right now to the two scratches. So I'm going to key in a triple. The 16 on AP, the 17 Tis Law, first and second. And then I'm using all for the third leg. So if you're playing that for a dollar, that's going to be a $20 bet. I like that. I like that. Uh, so listen, do me a favor and uh, enjoy the race. Send me all your picks. Text me like you always do so I can get my action in. And uh, we'll see how it goes tomorrow in uh, Louisville. It's going to be strange, but I guess the Belmont was strange, but I still enjoyed the race. I still enjoyed uh, watching the race. I guess I could care less. If I'm not at the Kentucky Derby, what do I care if anybody's there? Because I've been there many times. It's awesome. But if I'm not there... Uh, I'm okay with that as long as I can still watch the race. John, I love you. We'll get you on for uh, the Preakness as well and the Breeders' Cup, obviously. Enjoy the Kentucky Derby. Good to have you on Coast to Coast today, brother. Thank you, Scotty. Good to have being here with you. I'll talk to you soon. All right, John De Silva talking about the Kentucky Derby tomorrow. By the way, Cadre, what a you get the uh, three-two abs lead now with twelve forty and rolling in the second. This is a wild hockey game with five goals already. They just tried to do a wrap around, take it, hit the puck, and a beautiful job of skating behind the net and coming out the other side. Penalty on the stars. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I think uh, Toronto's defense has been terrible, and I think the Celtics are getting way too many dunks, way too many layups, and way too many, mm-hmm. way too many shots inside ten feet. Those are high percentage shots. Uh, either spread tonight, you like that Heat or a Rocket spread? Just the spreads. I don't care who you like to win. Yeah, I'm probably going to take the heat with the points, and I would lay it with the Lakers and the points. I think maybe Houston comes out very similar to Denver. I had Denver plus three and a half in the first quarter, Scott. That won, but in the game, the Clippers just rolled them after that. So take the underdog early in the first quarter or half, and then the better team later. So leaning uh, heat with the points, leaning Lake Show with the points. 
Yeah, I was on uh, the Clippers yesterday. You remember, I, I laid the eight, and I thought they'd blow them out, and they did. I, I'm starting to think they might sweep them. We'll see how that goes. All right, uh, Cam, game time coming up, top of the hour. Have a killer weekend, brother. I love you. I'll see you next week. You too, Scott. Have a wicked weekend, and I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, uh, Cam Stewart up in Toronto, everybody. Uh, Mafia, let's do college football now. It's very important for, uh, for people's bodily fluids. Yeah, there's a lot of questions about what's going to happen with college. we got it starting this weekend in smaller schools. The bigger schools are going to kick in next week with the Power Fives that are still playing. But one of the stories coming out uh, is that the Big Ten, if they do want to play this fall, they got to get their stuff together now because they need to schedule by next Saturday to really get involved with the college football playoff. And also, if they push it off till the spring, the Football Oversight Committee is recommending that they don't play a bigger schedule like they do now, that they play only an eight-game schedule within 13 weeks. I think they played around so much, and it, it, they're so stuck up, the conference. And I think Kevin Warren did a great job with the Vikings. He's got a very uh, huge job running the Big Ten. All people do is blame him for everything. He's under a tremendous strain with the media attacking him every day and all these parents attacking him every day. I do not believe that he's uh, going to kowtow to anybody. He's not going to listen to anybody. He runs the conference. Uh, I don't think they're going to be rushed into doing anything. I don't think they're going to make those deadlines. I don't think they care about the college football playoff. I think what he cares about is student athletes uh, surviving COVID. And I think they are going to play a season, whether it's Thanksgiving or winter. I, I do not believe they're going to play spring football in the Big Ten because no players will play. They'll have a bunch of you know kids, freshmen, sophomores playing, and no kids that are going to the NFL will play. So I think their conference will be the laughing stock of football if they play in the spring. And same with the Pac-12. I think the uh, Big Ten is doing whatever they want. It's obvious. They didn't listen to Donald Trump. They don't listen to anybody. They're going to do what they want. Yeah, it seems like those two conferences, which have a lot more, you know, public universities as opposed to the private ones, are thinking they can survive this and they're going to hold off and they're going to play it safe. And you mentioned the Pac-12. Right. Well, they're coming out and saying that they have this new test. They can get results within a minute. You heard Ken talking about that in the update. And uh, the commissioner, Larry Scott, says that they might not have to wait till January to start sports like they were planning. They might be able to get it sooner rather than later. Listen, uh, I love the Pac-12, and I lived out there for a long time in California, so uh, I love it, and I hope that they play. I hope the Big Ten and the Pac-12 find a way to play football. Again, I don't want to see spring football. Let's get it on Thanksgiving or Christmas at worst. Let's play a conference schedule in that window and, and get it done. I mean, it's going to make uh, Larry Scott look bad. It's going to make Warren look bad. They've got to do something because there's so many people angry at them. They've got to give the people what they want. And I think that protecting the players is smart, but I think they have to come out of it in some capacity, especially when everybody else is playing college football and they're left behind. And while the Notre Dame is going to be joining the ACC this year with everything screwed up because of COVID, it doesn't appear they have much of a chance to win the league, according to the media panel, who voted 132 of 134, giving it to Clemson. Only two votes going to Notre Dame is having a chance to win the conference. Well, I think, you know, it's pretty obvious Clemson's the cream of maybe college football, let alone the ACC. Uh, I don't think Notre Dame can hold a candle to them, but... We're going to find out how good Notre Dame is this year playing in the ACC. 
Uh, I think they'll be tough, but they're not in Clemson's league right now. If they played Clemson in a big game, uh, Notre Dame would get whacked, and everybody knows it. Uh, that's just all there is to it. Nobody's afraid of Notre Dame right now. But I think Brian Kelly's done a hell of a job in South Bend. I think they're always tough, always formidable, always good ever since he's been there. I like the job he's done with the Irish. If I, you know, you're a Notre Dame fan, you got to love what he's done in terms of uh, making them a winner again. They play in big games. They win big games. They matter, and that's all that matters. And while we haven't had some of the big teams play yet, we had some start off last night. We had some games kicked off while we were doing the radio show. We had a couple smaller games. We got a couple smaller games throughout the weekend. Why don't we look at the board here and tell me what you think about some of these games we have this weekend so far. All right, so uh, I like Marshall, obviously, uh, to win that game. They're heavy favorites, but I got to tell you, I got Eastern Kentucky at 24 and a half. I like them on that side. Uh, I like Army at West Point to beat Middle Tennessee. I'm laying the three and a hook. SMU, I think, beats Texas State, but I'm taking that uh, 23 and a half. Originally, I think I got it at, at 20 and a hook, and it's gone up since then. So I'll take that uh, extra three and a half points. Uh, North Texas, I think, will, uh, you know, obviously beat Houston Baptist. But I'll take the 27 and a half points because bottom line is this. Uh, both of these teams suck. So, you know, having North Texas as a 27 and a half point favorite makes no sense to me. It's like betting on a bad team to cover a gigantic spread. Good luck with that. Memphis wins. Arkansas State covers the number. I got it at 19. It's down to 18 and a half because people are buying it. And I actually, uh, if you flip it, I'm going Stephen F. Austin to beat UTEP. They're getting seven and a half. I'm going to take them to win the game because UTEP is an atrocity football program. I mean, what have they won one game in the last 10 years? They're so bad. I don't even think they can beat Stephen F. Austin. And then I'm going to roll the dice with it. What do I care if it's the only thing on the board? And then Navy, I'm going to take them to beat BYU. I think Navy's better than BYU. Uh, the days of BYU mattering in football are from a different era altogether. And uh, when Bronco Mendenhall left there, I think he left him naked. So I'm going Navy there. I'll take the one and a half. Uh, you can get all my uh, college football picks every week, every game at PharrellOnTheBench.com. Rolling with Stephen F. Austin there. I mean, sometimes you get a little upset from them in the basketball card, not used to the football field, but we'll see if they can pull it out this weekend. Speaking of the NCAA also, the basketball side of things, they have been considering a bubble concept like the NBA for playing games at some point this year. And thinking about doing it at Harris down in Asheville, North Carolina, for maybe doing the uh, – the one out in Maui, the Maui Invitational there instead. Uh, also, Sloan Stevens is going to be facing off against Serena Williams now in the third round of the U.S. Open that people have kind of forgotten about. And one thing they haven't forgotten about is Lionel Messi. Not happy with Barcelona. His father's met with them. They had their issues. They had their meetings. Nothing worked out. Apparently, he's going to play for them next year, even though he doesn't want to. But as I said, that the president is a moron and told him all last year he wanted out, and they still won't let him go. Well, here's the deal. He signed a contract, and the contract had a 700 million euro buyout, which is absolutely unheard of in the history of sports. So he said the reason why he's not leaving is because he doesn't want to take the team to court, the team that he's been with his whole life. He doesn't want to play there anymore. I guarantee you the entire season, he's going to be miserable and he's going to be a cancer on that team. There's no doubt about it. And where would you rather play college basketball in a bubble? Asheville, North Carolina or Maui? 
I mean, are you kidding me? Maui, wowie, baby. Let's go get naked in Hawaii. Yay. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pharrell back on uh, Coast to Coast. All right, Mafia, uh, why don't we uh, talk about this UFC fight night card on Saturday uh, with everything that's going on. uh, I I don't know about this card in terms of who's going to watch this thing, but you tell me, break it all down for me, what's going on in Vegas. Yeah, not your best card. There's been a lot of issues with, with uh, people having pullouts from, you know, COVID. Ricky Simon got yanked because Quarterman tested positive with COVID. You had another uh, Sajara Eubanks fight where her opponent had a problem with the weight cut, had to go to the hospital. You know, other issues of people testing positive or whatever. So there's been a lot of changes to this card throughout the couple of weeks and even have, you know, a new addition to the card just this week from issues they had two weeks ago with uh, Ovin St. Pru and Menafield. So not the greatest fight card. Not the biggest names. Hopefully, we get some exciting fights so and still win you some money. Looking at the fight card, the top pick is Alistair Overeem versus Augusto Sakai. The heavyweight fight. It's going to be a five-round fight. I think that's going to play into a big. Sakai's, you know, a guy that's making a name for himself, 15-1-1. He's got a nice 4-0-1 in the UFC, but your boy, the Reem, is still the favorite, even though he's 40 years old, even though, you know, he's only gone 5-3 since losing to Stipe for the belt a couple of years ago because he's a legend, because he knows what he's doing, and I think this five-round plays into a lot more, too. Because the damage you take over the five rounds is a heavyweight. The gas that you, you know, expelled in the first two, three rounds, you know, you have nothing left in your tank by the time you get to four and five. A lot of these guys, Overeem's been there. He's done that. He knows how to, you know, keep it going, how to keep something reserved. I don't know if Sakai does. I think Overeem's going to finish it. And Fandle thinks everyone's going to, someone's going to go down at least because it's not going the distance at minus 280, according to them. It's going to end by KOTKO at minus 190, according to them. I'm going to go with Overeem. By KOTKO plus 155 to get you some better odds in that minus 170s lane on the money line. Second fight, Ovin St. Pru versus Alonzo Menafield. This is the fight that was supposed to happen two weeks ago on that Edgar Munoz card. Overeem tested positive and negative for COVID. He had had COVID previously, so he knew that he wasn't sick at the time. He was feeling fine. So they held it off, and now they got all the other tests in to make sure he's good. They put it on this card. So those guys have hung around. They're ready to go, the former football players. St. Pru's another guy who's the veteran here at 37 years old. Doesn't have a great, you know, recent spat going at the moment. But he's still a guy who's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He's well-rounded. He has that weird striking style that's hard to emulate and hard to, for guys to train against. Menafield's 9-1. Got a lot of knockouts. Coming off a loss, though, in the UFC. And that was done by a guy getting in there. 
taking the space away, getting him in the clinch, keeping him against the cage and keeping him from getting those big power punches on him and knocking him out. I think Simpru's going to do a similar thing where he's going to use those weird strikes to kind of throw this guy off his balance, then grab a hold of him, maybe even take him down because he's got some you know crazy submission skills. He's got four Von Flu chokes, which are not easy to do. He's got four of them of his eight submissions, so he's very crafty on the ground. Uh, they don't think it's going to go the distance here. FanDuel at minus 310. Yet, ending by points is plus 200. So, you know, you got a chance at that, that. If it does go that way, St. Pru, all methods of victory for him are plus money. So, you want to ride the underdog here, not just a plus one away. You want to throw in him winning by submission points or KO. You can get some serious cash there. All double chances are also plus money, but I'm just going to roll with the money line of him winning straight up at plus 108. Final fight, Kelleher versus Kevin Natividad, or as I like to call him, Feliz Natividad. He's a new guy. He's got a nice record here coming into the UFC, 9-1. and one. This is his debut, and he's doing it on five days' notice. This is the Ricky Simon fight I was talking about. His quarterman tested positive, so he got yanked. Now this other guy comes in against Kelleher, never been in the UFC, doesn't have you know a long camp to be ready for it. I think that's going to play against him. Kelleher is only 2-3 and three in his last five, but he's a guy that's been around the block and well-rounded. I think he's going to do what we saw from Ricardo Lamas last week. He's going to take this guy who's new to the UFC. The guy's going to have a lot of energy in the beginning, and he's going to wait him out. He's going to grind it down, and then, you know, when it gets into the second half of the second round and the third round, he's going to do what he has to do to win this fight. So I'm going to take him to win the fight at minus 1-235. Not the best odds there, obviously, but you can get better ones if you want to go for, you know, how he's going to win, if he's going to win by, you know, something by submission or points like that. That's where you get the plus money there, but I'm going to stick with the money line for now. All right, there you go. Uh, UFC Fight Night tomorrow night. I wanted to give you the update on uh, East Lake. The Tour Championship is underway in Atlanta, and it's really uh, good what's going on. Uh, Dustin Johnson is leading at 13 under, three under today through 16. John Rahm, one stroke back. Everyone knew those two were going to be in it. Justin Thomas is three back of Johnson, two back of Rahm at 10 under, three under for the day. Rahm, four under uh, for the day at 15 through 15. But the guy that I'm interested in right now, and I liked him going into it, is Rory. Rory has won this thing before. Rory has been the guy that's made that 10 mil on that last day on Sunday uh, in the FedEx playoffs. Rory today, six under 64. He's in the house at nine under and four back. And he's got three more days to catch him. I love Rory at plus 700. The way he played today, he owns this golf course. He's done it before. And turned a six under today, had it all going. So I'm going uh, golfing in the morning, Mafia. I'm playing a really good club. I'm excited about it. I'm going to be going big ball tomorrow on every shot. And you know I love hitting them hybrids. Screw the driver. I'm going with hybrids and irons all day, trying to keep it clean, son. Listen, I'm very surprised where he's having such a good round because he came in saying that he was emotionally drained after having his first child on Monday. But apparently that uh, excitement has got him going right now, like you said, doing a great job so far in the first day of this tournament. But let's move over to the NFL now. One guy who's struggling, unlike Rory, is Matt Nagy. You know, the coach of the Chicago Bears has a competition going between Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. And he says it's pretty hard to pick a guy right now. I know it probably is frustrating in, in hearing um... – Things sound somewhat gray. I completely understand that. But uh, for us, it's, again, it's not easy. So we need to go back and have more conversations uh, amongst ourselves. Forget with Nick and Mitch. We need to have real conversations amongst ourselves. But we also know, too, Jason, that time is of the essence. And the longer that things string out, um, the harder it is 
for these quarterbacks, the harder it is for our team. And I think that that's, that uh, has carries some heavy weight as well. So we're, we're looking at it from all angles and we want to make sure that we make the right decision at the right time. I was a little surprised that he was answering questions from the horror film killer Jason uh, in that press conference. Uh, staggering development. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be hard from their season. One of those guys doesn't really uh, step up and play well at quarterback. That's what dragged him down last year, of course. And uh, speaking of a horror film right now, that's what you have down for the Washington football team. You talked about it yesterday. A lot of these women coming out and claiming that this is a rampant thing that went throughout the organization. Over 40 women have made accusations against them now, and four of the ones that have been interviewed by ESPN are calling for the head to be chopped off the snake here, for Daniel Snyder to be taken away as the owner of the franchise. What do you think of what's happening down there, and do you think they'll get Snyder out? I would love to see it. I mean, how many women have to come forward to say that they were harassed and uh, verbally assaulted on a daily basis about their looks, about sex, about having sex, players chasing women to their cars. They can't even leave work without being in fear for their, uh, you know, sanity, uh, their safety. I mean, it sounds like uh, an absolute torture chamber down there. And he runs it. He's the owner. And he's been accused of everything. And, of course, he denies everything. I mean, Daniel Snyder's reputation right now is worse than Bob Baffert's for drug and horses. And you can quote me on that. That guy gets away with murder and so does Snyder. It's unbelievable what money he'll get you. If you got tons of money, unless you're Harvey Weinstein, you got tons of money, you can get out of anything. Or, you know, if you're Roger Ailes, you get sent away and you still get paid a bunch of money. I just finally watched that bombshell movie last night. Very interesting and crazy what happened there. But uh, moving on, Jadavian Clowney, once again, we get another update of a guy who's out there and people apparently want, but no one is signing, as there are three teams allegedly interested in him. The Saints are allegedly ones making a big push right now to try to get him in there before the camp uh, is done and the season starts. Another team that might be interested is his former team, the Seahawks, and they did make a signing yesterday. As we reported, they talked about uh, bringing Josh Gordon back, even though he's currently suspended. And Pete Carroll talked a little bit about that, saying how much they trust Gordon to get his stuff together. I, I have been in contact with him some, you know, over the offseason and, you know, just to keep track of what's going on and all. And uh, and like before and, and through this, the time that we have communicated, I've seen nothing but a guy who really wants to, you know, make a life of this this NFL experience. He wants to do something with it uh, in the worst way. He's worked really hard with it. He worked out with our guys a lot in the offseason. Uh, you know, they would kind of keep us up on how that was going, and, and then I would get some news reports from Josh. Um, you know, he, he's just done everything that he, he could have done. There's been no issues, no problems, n nothing. And, and uh... Be careful when you sleep with the Black Widow. I mean, honestly, like getting into bed with the devil, trusting the guy. He's failed more drug tests than Steve Howe. I mean, I, I just don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. I mean, honestly. Oh, man, we reached back on that one. But, yes, he has had his issues. We'll see if he can get his stuff figured out again in Seattle. Uh, another issues that are going on, obviously, are everything with the COVID. And the NFL is trying to limit that by limiting the amount of people that can go on the road. They're saying that teams can only bring – 70 staffers with them to go along with the team when they go on a road trip up from well, down from what was 110 in some instances. And COVID obviously has a big effect on the fans. While John Maris come out and said that he's not optimistic at all in New York or New Jersey, technically, that Giants fans will be there for the games. He doesn't think that it's a good idea. And he doesn't like that some teams 
are letting fans in because they think it's a competitive advantage. Meanwhile, down in Florida, Ron DeSantis doesn't like that only some teams are letting fans in too. But that's because only Miami is doing it. He wants Tampa to let fans in to go see Tom Terrific down in Tampa because he wants them to show that they're ready for the Super Bowl. Honestly, that guy's so backward ass. I don't even want to talk about him like that governor down there in Florida. Honestly, I don't even know what's going on there. I, I'll leave that in uh, Joe Ranieri's hands. I mean, that guy's a disaster. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd rather listen to a tornado give me advice. Honestly, uh, that guy, I have no idea what's going on in that state. I mean, that guy's like, and not only that, I heard that Miami's the number one destination for this weekend for Labor Day for people to party. Like, I would no more go down there right now to party than fly a kite. I don't listen to that guy either. Give me any advice ever. Uh, you know what he should do? Stay out of sports and stay out of the business of the Super Bowl. I'm sure he'll be sucking up and sitting in a luxury suite at the Super Bowl this year, but uh, I wouldn't want to sit with him. I don't want any anything to do with that guy listen who cares what you think how many fans are gonna let in stadiums fix your state fix all the problems you got on your desk bro honestly speaking of stadiums Allegiant stadium for the Rays apparently gonna be completely cashless for fans whenever they do let them in because they can't go in just yet and one guy who's gonna have plenty of time to go fly a kite is adrian peterson because he was released by the washington football team even though he put up almost 2,000 yards for them and 12 touchdowns the last two years he's now a free agent do you think someone's gonna sign him before the season I do. I think that he'll get a job because I think the guy uh, is a horse. Uh, he's a powerful uh, freight train on, you know, first and second downs. The guy gets chunks. He'll get you five or six yards and put you in a better position for third down. He's a pro. Uh, no games, no jokes, no horsing around, no immaturity. Uh, he handles his business, right? I mean, the guy goes out and produces. I just can't understand anything that that franchise does. I mean, you talk about stupid. The things that they do there, I mean, it really is unbelievable. Uh, the guy produced for him at a high level, and they cut him a week before the season. Uh, they don't have anything better that they can do than cut their one of their best players, one of their most productive players. I mean, it's embarrassing the way they handle their business. The front office down all the way, and I keep hearing about, Ron Rivera is the greatest coach ever. Well, I don't understand why he would cut a guy like this that could do so much damage for them. I think the guy will have a job by the end of the weekend. Speaking of teams that can't handle their business correctly, uh, Deshaun Watson is apparently going to get a new deal from the Texans. They're saying it's going to be more in line with what Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers got, short but big money, as opposed to the long 10-year deal of your boy Pat Mahomes. Bucks, Jimmy has uh, Browns, Jimmy has. I'm sorry, wants to go buy the Tam Timberwolves apparently because he hasn't screwed up Cleveland enough. Gardner Minshew says the Jacks definitely are not tanking. Sure, they've just traded five starters before the season started. And Le'Veon Bell says that him and Adam Gase are actually really good, and it's just a miscommunication about his leg. Yeah, we'll see how that goes after uh, they lose about 11 games. We'll see how their relationship's going. So far, Le'Veon Bell in uh, a Jets uniform has done absolutely nothing. I actually expect him to have a good season, though, but I don't expect them to have a good season. I, the Jets are as bad as they always are. But I think Bell's a badass, and they need to throw it to him more and let him run it more. I mean, how stupid are you? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Why 
Why not let Josh Gordon play football? They just reinstated Randy Gregory. Everybody's getting back into the NFL. Uh, Roger Goodell's blowing a blunt right now. Chadwick Boseman's 42 is going to hit theaters in a re-release. Dr. Dre's ex-wife is asking for $2 million a month in spousal support. <laughs> Five million in lawyer fees. Lovey Smith's son, Michael, busted on pimping and sex trafficking, money laundering in Arizona. Far cry from the NFL sidelines, huh, Mike? Gonorrhea cases in England soaring highest level in 100 years. In Zambia, a woman bit her husband's junk off after he refused to get a rat out of the room. Strong effort by her. I got to tell you, tell you that, was a, that was impressive. I got to hang out with her on a Friday night. Reds 4-2 over the Pirates, middle of the fifth. Blue Jays, game one on the Red Sox, 5-3, bottom five. Yankees, Orioles, 1-1, game one, top three, Camden. Braves, 5-1, game one over the Nats, top five. And the Tigers lead game two, two to one over the Twins, bottom three. And they got a runner at first. The Twins won the first game, two zip. Everything else is later. Uh, the Pirates, Red, second game. Red Sox, Blue Jays, second game. Yanks, Orioles, second game. Rockies, Dodgers at Chavez Ravine. Marlins, Rays, Tampa. Nationals, Braves, game two. Then Brewers, Tribe in Cleveland. Phillies, Mets, White Sox, Royals in Kansas City. Cubs host the Cardinals at Wrigley. Astros are at the Angels in Anaheim. Rangers, Mariners in the Northwest. Padres, A's at the Ashtray in Oakland and Alameda. That dump. And the Diamondbacks, Giants, uh, in San Francisco tomorrow, uh, rodeo boys pitching against the Giants. Go right and steer you, fat ass. What are you going to – don't look at me. Don't even look at me. Who are you to even look at me? Don't you know who I am? I can't wait till that guy gets a Dewey one day. Don't you know who I am, officer? Don't look at me when I'm drunk driving. I'm just kidding. Have a great Labor Day weekend. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.